you prick. <laughs> I was still laughing. You can't get mad at me for still laughing at your dumb joke. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. Stick it all in a bowl, baby. Stir it with a wooden spoon. Just remember how good that song was. Got to number one in the UK. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the inquisitive Spaniard. Because no one ever suspects a second episode of Questions. <laughs> I love being silly. Uh, so, gentlemen, how is everyone? What's everyone up to? Brett. I have been mostly working on the workshop and getting the forge going, which... If anybody was following on social media things, I got super excited the other day and actually fired it up for the first time in, what, six, seven months? Um, that was a super, super good feeling and felt very accomplished to actually run uh, the coal forge. And then I had my little Ryobi thermostat pointing it at all the parts of my shop that are close to the fire <laughs> just to make sure that, like... What's ignition point on OSB and like how hot can things get before they go to shit? Um, because I use the aluminium flashing, um, you know, the the idea was to kind of avoid buying a big sheet of expensive material and, and dealing with the logistics of that. So being able to go to a big box store and buying this flashing, it has some advantages and disadvantages. The biggest advantage is the fact that because it is aluminium, um, even when I had the coal really going for a little bit, um, I shut it all down and turned it off. And within maybe a minute, it had gone from two or 300 degrees Fahrenheit in the hood to outside temperature very, very quickly, um, which is, you know, it's the whole point uh, to not retain any of the heat. So again, just... Feeling super accomplished about that. I've got... Um, now I have to jump to the anvil stand, which is going to be a relatively you know, quick and dirty process anyways. Uh, and then I should be able to you know, properly start forging again, which is super exciting to get to. And then you know, nice. more things going forward on the forged home stuff and the house build out. I'm, I'm starting to plan out the kitchen kitchenette uh and i may i'm crossing my fingers because we've had a lot of really fun talks about it mr mr hollywood mike montgomery might actually help me <laughs> with that build um it, yeah i'm he's he's super busy right now but we have a couple of ideas for how the kitchen could look and he would like to get involved in one aspect so crossing my fingers being hopeful optimistic but that's such a big build that like I want to get these other three or four things out of the way for the workshop yeah. um, before I move on to that. I do feel a little bit um, responsible is the wrong word. I, I feel a little bit bad that I'm not able to just constantly produce for that other channel. You know, it's like, oh, now I can start mm -hmm. making videos over here. I'm like, but all those projects are gigantic and I don't really want to work <laughs> on them. <right> now. <laughs> but I have to get them done. So, yeah. Anyway, maintaining uh forward momentum as it were nice yeah uh, things al what about you that's me um 
after talking about my fucked coffee for Viffy machine last week <laughs> um, and finding the only place that had the parts uh, because the machine was a Krups machine, which is a German manufacturer, uh, was one German website. So the, literally there's only one website, one web page on Google. It's the first time in a long time I've searched something and only one result comes <laughs> up. Um, uh, the parts came because it's Germany and they came within like a fucking day and <laughs> they were ridiculously cheap. Um, the only thing faster and cheaper I've, I've gotten from Germany in my life is um, a speeding ticket, which yeah. <laughs> which is on my doorstep before I even got home from Germany um, <laughs> in a country where there's no speed limit. Um, yeah, so I fixed the coffee machine, which is really satisfying. Um it's super complicated thing, but it now it's working a charm and there's no more swimming pool in the living room. Um Yay. yay. Uh last night I attended my first Fools with Schools class. Um, which was fantastic. It was obviously the pirate school. Um and the lesson was about women in piracy, which has always um intrigued me. Uh some of the sort of most Poignant characters seem to be sort of the female pirates, so I really wanted to find out more, and it was re- super interesting. Um, it was Andrew, uh, aka Jeremy, hosting the class with his friend Kitty, um, nice. and you know it was good because there was also something else happening at exactly the same time, which I'm pretty sure had most of people's attention last night as well. So <laughs> to keep to keep up with uh, launching two people into space uh, just goes to show how good a class it was. Yeah, um, I too fired up the Forge Brett. For the first time in a long time, uh, I saw that. Super night. Um, had a little play. Um, I started to work out how to make tongs. Um, it was a futile exercise because I only had enough material to do one half of the tongs, so it was a tong. Um, but yeah, it was it was great. Just learning sort of fire management, and then um, it just basically perfect timing to watch Stephen Al's latest video. Yeah, and that's how you do a segue. Oh, uh, yeah. So. I also, also fired up a coal Whoa. forge uh, for the first time in a long time. Um, so obviously we, we've been doing the uh, the demonstrations and stuff on uh, Instaspam Spam Live, um, but every time we do it, it's a case of like, we'll fire it up, we'll do the demonstration, Al will shut it down and we'll kind of fart around clearing everything up and sorting everything else out and then generally head home so i've not actually used the coal forge since uh january i think um but i uh, i needed to do a little sand my billet for a upcoming project um and thought okay well why the forge is lit i'm gonna in fact before i'm gonna light the forge before we do the uh live stream and i'm gonna get this little bit of forge welding done and manage to completely fluff it uh <laughs> In uh, in a way that even Al just kind of went, I I don't understand how you managed to do that. That's <laughs> impressive. Um, so yeah, that was um, that was fun. Uh, but the rest of the week, I have been getting annoyed with myself at how loud my mouse noises are in the uh, podcast. Every time I move <laughs> my mouse, it's just. <laughs> Trying to get um, yourself um, a mouse mat, which is I know, that we right? had in the 90s. is great. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to try and avoid moving my mouse around too much uh, this episode. Um, I've also been getting even more annoyed with the mic stand, which is now just completely broke. So it just has to... I've got a bit of plasticine, and it's kind of stuck. Like, the two bits that are in half are stuck together with the plasticine, which 
<laughs> is is not it's not a permanent solution um but yeah and uh i'm struggling massively with motivation uh this last couple of weeks have been uh, um I, I think that's probably the best noise to describe the last few weeks um and my uh my motivation to do pretty much anything has been completely in the toilet so what seems to be happening is every morning i'll kind of um, if I'm not, I, so if I'm at work, it's fine. Cause go into the office, go into the, uh, workshop, get on with stuff. Fine. Brilliant. Uh, if I'm not, then the list that's a mile long of shit that I've got to get done, I kind of get up and by the time I've, you know, got up, had something to eat, sat there and wallowed in bleh for a couple of hours, um, I finally start doing stuff and then I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm doing stuff. I really want to do more and I want to do this thing and I want to do that thing. And uh, I've got the energy to get on with stuff again, but it's that, that initial kind of um, like ramping up into it. And that just seems to be getting that ramp up seems to be taking longer and longer at the moment. Um, and uh, oh, yeah, it sucks. Um, but the, we did turn that around, Steve. Uh, we, well, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um i mean i think a lot of it is just um shit that's happening in the world and uh with me i've actually um i'm deleting the facebook app so that i stop going on it on my phone because the worst thing is is like i'll be making a cup of tea or something and it's that instant thing of like oh, i'll just have a look at quick look on facebook to see what's going on and opening it up and instead of seeing what i'm expecting to see which is Berkey pretending he's on the space shuttle or, you know, uh, one of my friends getting a new job or one of my other friends having some other brilliant life event. It's just people sharing memes as if that's their own original thoughts and getting oh, really, yeah, <laughs> but just getting really angry at each other when the, uh, it, oh. I'm not going to start that rant because uh, this is a happy place for happy people. Um, mm. But yeah, um, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of getting rid of the Facebook app just to. I I would have got rid of Facebook a long time ago, but we use it a lot for the podcast, um, and I like interacting with some people. But I think the temptation to just sit and browse through a newsfeed, like say, whilst you're waiting for the kettle to boil or something like that. Um, it's just because it's it's easy and it's there and it's a quick way of, of entertaining yourself, but it just ends up being infuriating because people are dicks. Um, but yeah, uh, so uh, segue seamlessly into yes. asking questions. Nice. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, I've 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 done some work at work this week and got annoyed at people, and that's about it. Um, I've done some work at work. Like you do. <laughs> Thank, like thanks, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that obviously no one can see this, but it definitely looked like you'd forgotten you were recording a podcast then because you were writing a note down, you were looking down at your desk and just said it and then just waited. And, oh, yeah, right. you just have to imagine somebody uh, like walking into my office while I'm like, I am working. This is what working looks like. Uh, excuse me, sir. Are you busy right now? <laughs> yeah. I know if you um, heard. I did learning over a million. To, learning to carry oh! a, a clipboard and a pen around the office is the most like <laughs> easiest way to get people to leave you the fuck alone. Like, I'm obviously <laughs> doing stuff. 
it's that whole thing of like if you ever need to get somewhere just walk with purpose and people don't yeah stop you because they think you're busy um there you go but uh but yeah one of the good things about facebook is the fact that we can interact with uh, our community of friends and they can ask us questions oh. that's a much better segue i should have done that right. first time around hold on let's uh, go back and edit that out you're right <laughs> uh, right what's the first question who's going to go ask first let's flip a coin uh i've got to make a coin, coin. Here. I've, I've got to make a coin here it's fine uh, i choose the edge it's going to land on the edge i choose the flat side and you got the bumpy side. Oh yeah. It's the bumpy side. Brett's first. Hey. Uh which line are we on? Number eleven, uh, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Darren Cooper. Days. Oh wait. Well, it's directed towards you, Alex. Yes, but you, you ask so you can ask it perfectly. Right. <laughs> Al, what is the secret to growing an impressive beard and when are you going to share it with Steve? It's actually um, equivalent exchange, and the reason I have such a good beard is because oh. Steve doesn't. Yeah, I, I have to shave regularly to maintain our yeah. beard. The only reason I have a beard is because I hate shaving, and if I do yeah. shave, I just get spots, and it shreds my skin, and I hate it. Um, so this is it. This is what you get forever. Yeah. And, and it doesn't grow any longer. It doesn't grow any that... longer. This is it. It just plateaus. <laughs> yeah. It occasionally grows out sideways. That's a problem for another yeah. day. The, the reason I don't have a beard, I did try growing a beard once, and it was a pain in the ass. It annoyed me. It's the and, in your face. And it, it, well, it just it goes everywhere, and it's just it's too much work to maintain. Like, that. It's just like sand. <laughs> just stick with stubble. It's so much easier. There you go. Uh, right. Who's next? Me or me or me or Al? Uh, Al answered. So let's just let's use that. As Ooh, the... yeah. Um, yeah. I like this one from Richard Martin, um, big Wednesday fan. What's the best and worst advice you've ever been given? I think this is a two for. I think you both got to go for this one. Oh God, yeah. And this is such a good question, and I've genuinely been thinking about it since. Mine's, mine's it. so shallow. And but the thing is, <laughs> I don't know. All right. So what's what's yours then? Because that My, might the best help advice me. anyone has ever given me is watch Man on Fire. Because I, I hadn't watched uh, Man on Fire with Denzel. Mm. Tony Scott oh, film, not really good. Yeah. Um, Dakota Fanning's like four years old and she outacts every actress in Hollywood. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks shit. And at the same time that film came out, there's another film starring Denzel Washington where there was also a child that had been kidnapped called Out of Time or something bullshit. And the yeah. trailer for that looked absolutely toilet. And I basically confused the two films. So I did not watch <laughs> um, Man on Fire. I didn't know it was a Tony Scott film. If, I, if I'd have known that, I would have watched it straight off the bat. But yeah. I mean, that says a lot about my friends that the best advice <laughs> I've ever been given is, best to advice film, is to go watch a film. To go watch a film. Nice. But it worked. It's a good film. Yeah. What was the worst <laughs> advice, though? Oh, I don't know. I don't think to go watch To let's go, go watch another film. Let's, let's go around. Let's go around and <laughs> All right. We'll so, do bests first. Uh,. Okay, I mean, my I, can I go last then? Because mine kind of tie into one another. So, Brett, you go next. What's your yeah, best okay. advice? Well, I'm not ready, so can I go last? No, because no, I've already bagged it. I'm not answering? Okay. Um, <laughs> best advice. <laughs> best advice, I feel like... Oh, yep. So, my grandfather, my dad's dad, uh, who 
owned a used car lot and was a mechanic and and like a, he worked at a parts factory when he was younger when i was about 14 or 15 um i was at his car lot and i was having my super super cheap piece of shit car getting worked on by one of the mechanics and we were just having a chat and i recall this moment of just he and i sitting there across his desk and his advice to me was whatever you can do just based on like my personality and what he knew about me and and my creative tendencies is he said work for yourself like you will make way less money but you will be way happier if you find a way to work for yourself because then you're the only one responsible for your success and i was way too young to understand what <laughs> any of that meant it was like that's not what people do but now that I look back at it, like my grandpa quit uh, working for a union job that was, you know, going to pay him out the rest of his life and give him pension and everything like that. And he started working on cars and then started buying used cars and fixing them and reselling them and spent, I think it was like 30 years plus doing that yeah. and had Doc's auto sales for that many years until he passed away and i remember like he never made a ton of money but he was always able to provide for the family and mm -hmm. took really good care of his grandkids and allowed us to have all of these amazing experiences as young folks and he worked for himself so he had his own schedule if he wanted to take a week off to go and hang out with us in missouri somewhere which doesn't sound like a lot of fun but <laughs> it was that was really amazing advice. And it didn't hit me until I was maybe like 25, maybe even later than that, uh, where based on what I want to do with my life, the most important thing for me is to become self-sufficient. Yeah. I think I will be happier once I really hit that stride. I think it's going to take a shit ton more work, but we've already been on that path for a few years now. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think he's right, and I think he knew me better than I knew myself at that point in time. So. Yeah, no, I, I think that's uh, it's a fucking good bit of advice, and yeah. very well suited to you, especially. Um, I, uh, I, my, uh, my uh, granddad on my mum's side um, passed away when I was very, very young. Uh, but it's obviously it's very upsetting but it was also really frustrating in my later years realizing how uh how much i would have got out of um getting to spend more time with him um because yeah. he was he was an engineer he uh he spent all of his time uh in the garage tinkering around he um was very accomplished at what he did and mm. yeah i i'm fairly confident confident even if i'd only get to spend got to spend another like five six years with him um so like up into the age of like 12 or 13 sort of thing my life would have taken a completely different trajectory just because of having him in, uh involved in it yeah. um i've had that yeah. thought i've had that thought a couple of times like i wonder what it would be like to hang out with him now for like yeah. a couple of days yeah when, when people always say like very racist uh we had the <laughs> we had the talk like a year or so ago. It was like if you could. The question was if you could have dinner with anybody. Um, I don't yeah. really recall if I had said my grandfather, but 
um i've had that thought a few times where it's like i wonder if i could spend a few days with him now yeah like what i could get out of that experience yeah. uh not to you know we're not trying to go into anything too deep on this question, but like, man, that shit is fascinating. I'm like, I feel like I could have gotten so much more out of it. It's weird because yeah. like my, my my parents always told me that like me and my my granddad were like partners in crime when I was super young. Yeah. Like inseparable when I was like sort of three years old. <laughs> um, yeah. But obviously I have no concept of what those conversations were or what, you know, what he was yeah, getting yeah. out of that, out of that dialogue. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a super interesting one to revisit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, my, 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 my best advice, uh, came from the worst places. So (laughs) I've, um, I've lived a lot of places. I've met a lot of people and some of those people have been interesting characters to say the least. Um, and, uh, and kind of there's this, this running theme of, uh, of basically saying, fuck it. And, that that being the advice fuck it what what does it matter who you know you don't owe anyone anything you're allowed to look after yourself to to make sure that that you're happy um and and not in a necessarily a selfish way i think a couple of them were saying it like like i say it's not exactly the the best people to take advice from um mm. but how i ended up interpreting that advice and how that worked for me um it it ended up working out really well i spent a long i mean i've i've talked about it at length on the podcast before like i spent a long time being very unhappy having listened to the the worst advice that i ever got which is basically uh, it was um it's from my dad um and i know that it was coming from a really really good place and he was just trying to make sure that i never got into the position that he ended up in later in his life um but he he encouraged me to to work in an office to have a a secure job but have a have a normal job um, doing normal things mm-hmm. get get a mortgage do do all of that you know be safe and secure and and not take those risks and not quit my job and travel around the world and and all of that um and and I took it because it was you know it was coming from my dad it, it was coming from the best place um and it was it was 100% coming from a place of love uh but it was really shit advice and it um it obviously still to this day it affects where i am in in life um and and yeah that completely screwed me but let's say the 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 best advice was always it was always fuck it, it and and also to to kind of question everything and i think the question everything thing it was uh there was a lot of it was uh, a group of friends um and a lot of them were like oh yeah no question everything like fucking conspiracy theories and shit like that <laughs> it's whereas, the man trying to keep down yeah whereas the guy that actually said it originally in the group he was like no no that's that's not what i mean question everything as in you know why are you taking that job what what is it actually giving you you know are you taking oh, it because it's giving... yeah. yeah yeah um and, but I, think, and I think that's i think that's the point though like of what you've just said there's two facets there there's like the person giving you the advice, their intent. Yeah. Are they, are they trying to patronize you or smother you or, you know, talk down to you or generally trying to help? Yeah. Or are they trying to project, you know, I don't want you to make the mistakes I've made? Yeah. It's like, well, that's advice for your younger self, not for me. Yeah, exactly. 
but then there's also like how you take it yeah and i think that's more important than what the advice is i think is what you do with it so yeah do you take it and go that's great i'm definitely not going to fucking do that because look how yeah. you end up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or like you say steve question everything you know question that yeah. advice question it's the it's the whole like what susie says of sally thing like when people give me advice it's, I, I i often dig a bit deeper into it and, and yeah. not actually the the sort of um the objective contents of the advice but like why they're saying it or what they're saying or how they're saying it yeah is often a lot more useful to me than the actual you know the simple bread and butter of what they're literally saying yeah i find the context way more useful yeah i mean i, I think that's the thing is like i like the man on fire thing I'm, I'm you know i was kind of joking about it but it told me a lot more about the the guy that told me to watch the film yeah the film right. is incidental do you know what i mean i would yeah. have probably watched it at some point anyway um but it told me more about him than it did about the film yeah I, I, like i said i think this is one of the reasons why i i find it such an interesting bit of advice because it's something that i've been given by so many people in and you know they they've dressed up in in different ways but it's the essentially the the core of the advice has always been fuck it <laughs> like what what's the worst that could happen like you <laughs> well, no, it, it is. It's you know, what what's the worst that can happen? Like, ask those fucking questions. Yeah, and isn't that what Ed does in Shaun of the Dead? He's like, oh, it's not like it's the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's what I mean. It, it it's if you apply it in the in the right way, it can be fantastic advice. It's the same as um as my dad's advice. Like, if I'd applied that in a different way, that could have been great advice. It's just the fact that I didn't apply it in perhaps quite the way that it was it should have been but but that is where it is uh next that question was a long yeah that was a long question yeah steve you're uh, doing it. oh it's the big one. oh we're saving this till the end i i think a yeah a la biscuits yeah yeah because otherwise we'll end up talking for, for fucking hours and I've also already, i've already got i've already got my answers plural yeah and and rich has already had one question so okay it's a good show um Ah, a nice one from Andy. Uh, is a clean shop truly a happy shop, or is it just clean and dead inside? Oh. I think you both need to answer this. Well, I will go first because I believe it will feed Al. No pun intended. But Don't we're going to talk Al. about cooking and kitchens. So and Specifically, the movie Ratatouille. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. So... Um, I got the clean shop, happy shop thing from my mum's dad, uh, who was a carpenter and woodworker for years. I always think about it in the same way that, um, professional kitchens or, or, you know, restaurant kitchens, they, they produce tons and tons of food. They, they cover all these you know, people every night and they make meals, of various plates and sizes and ingredients and everything like that. And at the end of the day, it's always fucking spotless, not only because it has to be for health codes and regulations and things like that, but you can keep a clean space in a very, very like well-worked space. And in my mind, the best thing you get out of it is the next time you walk in, it's ready to go. Mm, 
right? And you don't have to search for things. Everything's got its place. Uh, you don't find tools buried in sawdust and glue and scraps of paper. Just the fact that you're able to walk in with a clean mind without any distractions, I, I can't, I'm not going to argue against anybody that says like, oh, but if a shop's dirty, that means work's getting done. Yes, that's very true. But at some point, at some point, it will get cleaned, even if it's just a little bit, like a space has to be cleaned up for you to work on a tabletop. So there are levels to how clean or how mm. spotless you want to keep your place. Um, you know, when I'm really cruising on something, I might only have a few feet of table space that I'm really working on. And that may not look like the clean shop, happy shop dynamic, but at, at the end of that project, it will always get cleaned up. So that the next project gets started from scratch and with a clean slate. I dead inside. I know they're probably <laughs> screwing with me. I know Andy's probably screwing with me, but it's funny. I've had enough people message me through Instagram that like, I don't know who they are. They're being maybe kind of stinky or just being playful about it. But they'll be like, oh, I could never work in a shop like that. It's like too clean. You're like, well, what did your shop look like when you first walked into it? You know, did you walk into a garbage heap and go? I'm not going in there yep. until someone else goes in there first and messes it up. Exactly. <laughs> it's the it's the the first dent on your car, right? Yeah. You're like, are you not yeah. going to drive your car because it's spotless? Like, yeah. you're going to do it. You're going to drive the car, and then it's going to get a scratch, and then you're going to go fuck it. But does it mean from the time you get your first scratch to the time you get rid of that car, you've never once taking it through a car wash or vacuumed it out inside or cleaned the windshield. Like what the fuck is your basis of comparison? You've, you've obviously never seen the Land Rover then. <laughs> I was going to say, Steve, there's a, there's a middle ground. Um, I think the, the cooking analogy as always is a fucking great one because mm. yes, ready to go, you know, reset every night. Perfect. Yeah. But if you clean that fucking cast iron skillet, I'm whipping you with a tea towel. Oh, <laughs> if you if you clean the fucking flat top too much and shit starts to sick stick tomorrow, you know there's going to be hell to play. If you touch my teacup that's been absorbing the flavors of tea for the past six years, <laughs> and I've got to start again from scratch with a clean cup, you know we're going to fall out. So yeah. I think, although the question was framed as a joke, I think the kind of soulless emptiness there is a difference. Yeah. Like, take someone like Toledo Dave. Like, I think his workshop is sterile. Yeah. It's, like, super clean. It's like a TV. It's like a movie set. And as a result, I find his the stuff he does and the way he talks and the, the, the camera shots are also clean and, you know, it's also brightly lit and it just feels artificial. Yeah. It's the dirt for me that is the, the human side of it. That's the nuance. That's the bit that makes not everyone's shit the same. You know, it's the chaos theory. It's the little pebble in the water. It's the 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 mess. Like, it, it doesn't have to not be able to function. Like, yeah. if I can't fucking walk in the hack shack because there's just shit all over the floor, that's annoying and I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But the other extreme and like clean for me is just like dead. Yeah. I think I think there's like with everything it's you know it's on a slider and that slider ideally as much as possible wants to be more towards the clean side than the dirt unless you're side. brewing beer 
then it's got to be clean, fucking clean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you've got fart juice. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's the thing. I, like it, it is. It's it's about um, like you say. It's about the cleanliness, not um, not impacting things. Like, and there's a difference between things being clean and tidy and being sterile and um, cold and and dead and horrible i think like organized and and sorted and decluttered i think is a better word than clean yeah Yeah, it's i i think the terminology that's used in the clean shop happy shop thing is it's just like a baseline model yeah but if you were to get into the nuance of it it's just organization because i think that's a more personal thing or a more personal aspect to it anyways right or it is more personal like nothing in jim's shop is clean Right, but he knows where everything is because exactly. he keeps a certain degree of organization for yeah. his space, right? He, You could name any tool and he would tell you if, yeah. if it wasn't me going, I know exactly <laughs> where that was. Like he had a general sense of where things mm. were. So Aaron, it's clean, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And Aaron, if anybody's been keeping up with yeah, yeah, him yeah. doing the organization stuff, Aaron's, you know, uh, ex-military guy <laughs> and has nothing but like cleanliness and regulation and organization that he's, he's like perfect to handle a situation yeah. like that. And it, they're, it's going to work so well because Aaron is just working with Jim to be like, right, how do you want your <laughs> stuff organized? And then he's taking it upon himself to really yeah. jump it up a couple of levels and I think I think if you were able to gauge like what does your closet look like or I always bring the kitchen thing up because I, even in your home kitchen it doesn't have to be a professional restaurant but w- most people have a general sense of like this is the silverware drawer that's where those things go yeah if there was just a knife and a fork in 15 different places in your kitchen I I don't know a single person that's like that you may have multiples of those things sitting around <laughs> but you don't walk Every into somebody's day, kitchen and go, right, where are your plates? Well, there's two over there, there's three over there, <laughs> there's six over there, and there's three in the cupboard. Yeah. No one works like that. Yeah. E- even if you just say, yeah, it's it's all in, all the crockeries in that cupboard sort of thing, and it's not necessarily organized in the cupboard, but it's all in that one space. But I think, like, the, the perfect analogy for uh, what I was saying about, like, the flat top being clean too much and, and all of that, like, you look at... Um, uh, uh laura's uh workbenches where it's a bit of eight before ply it's got cut marks in it, it's got paint on it it's scratched up it's got this and it's got burn marks in it on it and all of that um and every now and then she'll change it out but just because she cleans it off and like gives it a wipe down and or brush off or whatever it's still got all of that um what could easily be described as mess but it's not mess it's just you know it's it's been worked it's been used it's got that shit and that stuff on it um like just because that's there doesn't mean it's not clean because again like you were saying brett like it's it's making sure that shit's where it should be and not just all over the place and covered in crap um and yeah i i wholeheartedly agree with what you're both saying um and that's it uh next question is it me uh yeah this one's probably for brett because i don't know if they have countdown in the states why why does the countdown clock go up to 60 seconds when they only use 30 seconds redundancy i i actually know the answer to it i'm not 
sure what this is referring to. <laughs> There's a game show that's like about solving word puzzles and number puzzles, and they have a clock. And the, it's like iconic, like countdown music, and, and the show's called Countdown. And it's really stressful, and the clock's ticking away, and you only have like thirty seconds to solve the puzzle. But they only use oh, half the clock. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there's probably something in there about uh, Al. There's, there's probably something to be said about design theory, or yeah. like what and is the you, recognizable image of a countdown exactly. timer? It's yeah, not exactly. that you, you wouldn't want to see. You wouldn't want to see a second hand jump two seconds. To make a yeah. full clock thirty seconds long, that would freak with your fucking head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But if they're using the icon of a stopwatch or a clock yes. of some sort, it does seem a bit counterintuitive. That like, I never liked it in game shows, at least over here, where it would be uh, a clock or a timer on the screen, and they'd have like a pie chart, you know, yeah. like covering half. It'd be like you only get forty five seconds, so fifteen. You know, or a quarter of it is kind of grayed out or something like that. So even though Brett has never seen the show, he knows the answer to the question. The answer <laughs> is because it used to be 45 seconds in the pilot episode of Countdown. He went to 45. Yeah. But they changed, they changed it to 30. Yeah. There we go. There you are. Uh, right. Next question. Um, uh, are we going to ask both of those or should we just go for one of those? Those two, the next two. We can ask them both. Cool. Uh, in which case, uh, will Alex... Who's ever... asking the question? Come on. Uh, sorry, uh, Sharon from Figments. Will Al ever bear-proof the shack? Brett, is that one for you? <laughs> I believe well, this one is me. Twice. Bears, on, bears have been not in the UK for a long time, so I think I'm safe. Um, and now I've got a full suit of armour in there that is covered in spikes, and I know that for a fact because I've fucking impaled myself on it several times <laughs> a week. Um, I don't think there's a risk. However, there is a lot of foxes shitting in my garden, so maybe I could fox-proof the shack. Just maybe get some chickens. Does it work like that? I don't yeah. know. No. Oh, you uh, need to be friends spray... with one of those foxes. Oh, Abraxas. No, spray uh, wolf piss everywhere. That gets rid of foxes, apparently. Oh, God, this is like what how they solved that problem in Greece. There's Timmy Cat. <laughs> A lot of fucking stray dogs out, and now they're doing. Well, we're gonna let the bears out. <laughs> I need to catch a wolf somehow. <laughs> also, no longer in the UK, right? Yeah. Uh, what's the next biggest thing? What's that links? Is there a links in Scotland? Uh, no. Well, they've they they oh, the they're, releasing, they're releasing a, a wolf pack in Scotland this year. Oh, nice. Next year, yeah. Maybe last year. I don't know. It's soon. Right. Uh, next one. Who's asking next? Next, uh, right. uh, Brett. Wait, and uh, so we Freshman did the bear 18. proof. Yeah, yeah, sixteen. All right, 18. so it it's still <laughs> Sharon. Sharon did a a two parter. Um, actually, no, that's not true. This is a completely separate question. <laughs> what What do you do? Parentheses do 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 to relax when you're stressed and need to step away from a project. Now, I can't tell if that's a rock set reference. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I think I think Sharon needs to sing it for us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, is it rock? Is it a Rocky reference? Do, 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 do. <laughs> you know, out of all the the lyrics yeah. or sounds that have been used in music for the last hundred years, I'm pretty sure "do do do do" shows up in quite a few songs. Yeah, but yeah. four of them. <laughs> All right. 
Go on. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know uh, the meaning of those two words. <laughs> yeah. Step away and relax. <laughs> um, I just see, for me, it's 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 either uh, like I was going to say, going out and catching up with friends, and just going to see my friends, like doing whatever, but just going and seeing people and and chilling out. But that obviously at the moment you can't really <laughs> do that. Oh, yeah. uh, so I tend to say either. Like, I mean, there's there's playing computer games and stuff like that. Like, I, I've always loved playing games, but I don't find them particularly relaxing. Uh, for me, it's probably cooking. Yeah. I, um, Just yeah. relax with this couple of levels of time splitters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so for me, I, I tend to, to cook to relax. Um, I'm going to call back to Brett earlier and say that if something's stressing me on a project... A really good way for me to sort of reset and switch and relax is to just sort stuff out. Yeah. Like stop trying to solve the problem, stop trying to fix it, stop trying to brute force it, just put everything away, clear the whole space, and then just put it all back and start again. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, metaphorically the head's been cleared and the space has been cleared and you you can even literally see things in a different light and a different yeah. direction. It's super helpful. Yeah. I think that's why I, I kind of like uh the cooking thing because it doesn't necessarily have to be cooking it, it can just be doing any other kind of small project so like yeah. step away for a bit and go actually you know what i can't do this i i'm gonna have a quick win so <laughs> even if it's like just making a really fucking good sandwich um, yeah talk about that in a bit um yeah even if it's just making a really fucking good sandwich or if it is cooking like a big three-course meal or whatever just like I've done this. It's completely different. I'm I'm not thinking about that other project. I'm working with an entirely different material, an entirely different situation, and I know that this is going to be a win because even if it's not the best thing ever, I'm still going to eat, and I like eating. Mm-hmm. So, oh. well, yeah. I was going to jump in with the head clearing. Um, I know fix this, build Brad. If anybody follows him on the Instagrams. Um, I get regular email updates from Brad. There you go. So uh, he posted or was discussing an app that he uses, and I, I don't know the app. Uh, it's just Let's just pretend it's called Step the Fuck Away From What You're Doing app, <laughs> PM. Um, it is, it's just a timer that you can set on your phone or or you can put like stopwatch something or others in there and it's got some scheduling capabilities but what it will do is allow you to set kind of time goals so you can say every two hours i want an alarm to go off to tell me to take a 30 minute break which i would ignore that alarm so much i know i i feel like for most people or, or for the majority of people, it's not necessarily something like forcing yourself scheduled away time is kind of counterintuitive, but uh, it turns out Mike, Mr. Mike Montgomery uh, started using it every now and then because he gets buried in projects like most of us do. And it helps him to step away for 10 or 15 minutes. So he started setting it up to where when he's working on these long projects on the bus, he, kind of schedules in time to take a step away. And 
you know, he probably fills the time by doing Instagram posts or something like that, but at least he's not just working straight for six hours. And uh, he was talking to me about it. And I don't know if it was just kind of a natural thing for me because of, I think it would have to have to have come from art school, but taking a break after like an hour of drawing was just what we did during school so that you don't get fatigued and your eyes don't burn themselves out of their head. (laughs) But um, nowadays, most of the time when I'm working on a bigger project or a longer format project, I tend to take like 10 to 15 minutes every hour or two. And in that time, I can either choose to walk away, like get a cup of coffee or clean. Like even in the drawing video where I did the three drawings, uh, I do two two hours of drawing and then I'd spend about 10 or 15 minutes just cleaning up the markers and stuff that I was using for the drawings. And it was really helpful. (laughs) Small little things. No, I do like that. Like you go in and sort out the file or something like if, if an edit's getting to you, you can just go in and like, you know, clip all, trim all the files down and stuff, stuff that doesn't require the, 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 the sort of brain capacity. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, so you're not stressing yourself out, but you can still, you're not, you're not ignoring the project as well. I just think it's a nice middle ground as well. Yeah. yeah. No, I like that. Hmm. Good question. Yes. Uh, who's next? Oh, you're asking next. Aren't you? It's me. Uh, it's from the lovely Fern, Fern Webb. Um, can you guys come over on Sunday and help me move that thing? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you pay for the tickets, we'll be there. Yeah, buy the ticket, take the ride. Yeah, perfect. Done. I mean, uh, number 20. Uh, Tanda Hendrick, uh, is it possible to for a creative person to ever feel like they have finally got there, arrived, reached a goal, or is it forever ahead of you? I have an answer for this, but Ooh. do you guys? Uh... Yeah, I kind of i I'm in both camps for shock <laughs> change. Yeah, um, I don't what think a I'm surprise. Ne- I'm, I'm never going to get there. I'm never going to be content. Nothing's ever going to be finished. However, I do like goals. I am fueled by closure. Yeah. So I like I like doing sort of individual things, and I like finishing things, and I like you know I will stay up to the middle of the night if it means I can fix the thing that I started fixing at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> but like the coffee machine thing, you know, it was driving me up the fucking wall that this thing was out of my control and not working. Yeah. And just, you know, the, the second the fucking parts arrived, I was like, right, boom, I can get it done. Boom. That's it done now. And hopefully now that's it finished. You know, I made the project months ago and there was a little bit of a, a bump in the road. And now hopefully that's it finished and never have to touch it again. Mm-hmm. So I do love little closure like that, but in the big scheme of things, uh, there will never be an arrived or a got there or a, a yeah. you know, it's everything's always ahead of me. I mean, literally everything is ahead of me, you know. Yeah. There's no now or past. It's all gone. It's like the only thing that there is is stuff that's going to happen. So I don't think you can ever have closure. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Brett, do you have anything? I think if you're someone that... Um that sees themselves as a creative. Um, I really don't, I really don't see an end game for most people like that. Um, because I think it is inherent in the creative personality to strive for more, mm. like yeah. achieving a goal, finishing a painting, like whatever it is. Think of, think of the old school masters, you know, 
there, Da Vinci didn't stop because he was like, oh, right, I drew the Vitruvian man. I guess <laughs> no, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, people people that have that creative mind are always going to find challenges to overcome. Yeah. Um, whether it's building or making or just personal, you know, achievements and goals that they want. I don't see myself as stopping because I hit milestone X. Yeah. You know, I I have a habit of getting complacent or comfortable and then becoming extremely aware of it and then always <laughs> finding a way to like strive for more, right? Um, I think that has something, there, there's something to be said for the fact that uh, I haven't lived anywhere longer than three years for the last 12 years. Yeah. Like every three years, I move on to the next thing. It's <laughs> so like three years is a good gauge of how long it takes me to be challenged by the thing, get comfortable by the thing, and then get bored of the thing. Or or get bored is a little condescending, but want to strive for something you know, beyond that thing. Yeah. yeah I am. Um... I like that, but I mean, I think for for me, I, I think the way that I interpret the question is is very much kind of like uh, let you say like the the whole ah oh, yes, I've I've finally made it. I am <laughs> X thing now, um, and and like like you guys have both said, like there's there's always something in front of you, and I think I think it it is very easy to especially when you're starting out. So uh, I'm going to start all this again because I fucked that up. So <laughs> the way that I look at it is there are, <laughs> thanks, uh, there are kind of, uh, there's there's milestones. And all of those milestones are always going to be unique to the individual. Um, but there are certain points where you feel, and it, it's not something that you you plan ahead for or you think, oh, yeah, when that happens, that means I'm finally going to have made it. It's just every now and then something happens and you stop and go oh fuck i'm i'm properly doing this now this is fucking amazing <laughs> um but then that that goal soon changes and you soon go oh, fuck no no i'm not that it isn't as easy as i thought it was i'm you know there's <laughs> th there's this other thing that i need to achieve now or that you know i'm i'm still just a fraud like there's always going to be that imposter syndrome um so like um the, the two that I can think of at the top of my head was the first time at a festival, uh, Al, because um, I, obviously I started off as his teaching assistant. Um, and the first time he assistant ever to the teacher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, the first time he ever let me run one of the nail making workshops completely on my own. And not only like not, not in a, I'm just going to go stand over there and keep an eye on things and you run it. But he actually went off to the to the bar because it's Al. Um, yeah, he he went off and left the like the forge area entirely. And it wasn't until he came back and I was like, oh fuck, I didn't even realize you'd gone, sort of thing. And that was a uh, oh shit, now I've made it. I I could do this sort of thing. <laughs> um, and then within like a week, I was like, oh fuck, no, I, I really haven't. I need to do this, this, and this still, yeah, yeah. sort of thing. Um, and the other one was uh, the first Maker Central. And having people come up to us and like having uh, Rich Martin come up and like demand to buy me a beer because it's <laughs> it's rich. Um, but like this person that I'd never 
met in person before being like hi hey, listen to you you guys are fucking great i really like the podcast and all this and th there was that oh fuck i i'm 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 a podcaster now this is amazing <laughs> um and then of course like the realization setting in of no i'm just an idiot that talks to two other idiots over the internet and records it like it's it, and and again it, it's that whole thing of like well what do you what do you class as 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 a goal as a as a win as a goal as a as arriving or whatever and i think that it doesn't matter who you are that will always change i can't think of anyone that would say oh yeah actually i'm i'm the best at this thing that i do ever like even fucking yeah it, it, even the the only person i can think of is um uh patrick stewart um i was trying to think of like a famous actor that's like really accomplished and like but even patrick stewart is gonna go oh, yeah but i'm not as good as christopher lee and even christopher lee's actually no christopher lee is what well, was fucking amazing but um like there, there's always going to be something better or someone or something better there's always gonna be something else to achieve so i think um anyone that's that's honest with themselves they're never going to feel that they've uh that they fully arrived or that they fully reached the, the goal as it were because that goal is is ever moving and then you just end up being like a a nutter with a single purpose like yeah i'm sure a lot of people are watching like uh, the last dance so you know like sports athletes are obsessed with one specific goal or like yeah the free climber who climbed el capitan like do you know just having that mm -hmm. one single goal and being able to get you know it, it just consumes you and you don't enjoy everything else all the other possibilities that are going around yeah you know, yeah. it, it, it's it's an unhealthy thing, I think, to 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 want to to get somewhere or arrive or reach the goal because there's yeah. so many other cool little goals, mini goals, and side goals and goals you weren't yeah. expecting. You know, how yeah. can you how can you be pleasantly surprised by something if you if you're so blinkered? Yeah. Um, another good question. Yeah, yeah, I like that one, and I think again that's one that could have been. Um, that could be a whole episode easily on its own. Uh, <laughs> who's next? Uh, Brett? Me? Yep. Am I doing line 21? I mean, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> I don't think it's one yeah. question. question. What is the difference between a duck? Yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, All right, I'm going to go ahead and ask number 22 as well. No, you, those you were brilliant answers. Clarify Thanks, who, that, who that was from as well. That was from Dan Brent. Thank you, Dan, <laughs> for that just beautiful question. Yeah. All right, Christopher, Christopher Dubois. I really want to get your guys' thoughts on this, but his question is, is YouTube what you originally thought it was? Absolutely not, because I originally thought YouTube was like cat videos. I had no <laughs> idea what it was. Um, and I still don't know what it is because there's channels with hundreds of millions of subscribers that just sit and play video games. So, I, like, every day it astounds me. There's, like, people getting views of watching other people's videos. Like, uh, uh, the... The reaction the, videos. The, the, yeah. Like, the world of YouTube is just so fucking strange to me. Um, and also on like a weekly basis, I use it for different things. Yeah. Like, you know, almost every time I sit down to YouTube, it's like Wikipedia. I'm going down another rabbit hole 
And all of a sudden, YouTube is like for entertainment, or YouTube is for learning things, or YouTube is for finding music, or YouTube is like where I save stuff. You know, it's like it's almost become like my fucking notebook now. Yeah. My list of history and my list of watch later is almost like sketches for me. It's like reference. Right. Like I don't even need I don't even need the the video content. I just sometimes need the thumbnail or the yeah. name of something. Yeah. Like the amount of times I've actually referenced things at work based on the name of a YouTube video. Never mind the actual video content or what it was intended for. Um which I think is great. I'm I'm overwhelmed by it. I think it's um way more than something like Facebook, which is just this kind of single-minded platform in order to get your information yeah um I, I think youtube is definitely not what i thought it was this you know the the maker youtube isn't even what i thought it was no because because that changes and astounds me every day yeah i mean i think for me like i my first interactions with youtube were like say like funny cat videos mostly like nyan cat or something like that <laughs> like or um like re-uploaded uh, versions of Flash animation songs, like the Badger song or stuff like that. Well, I, I lived in the sticks, so there was no internet access to watch yeah. videos. So I had no, I had no exposure to this. So watching things like South Park episode where they, they go and get like the YouTube money, um, <laughs> as the Tron guy and the Leave Britney Alone guy and stuff. Yeah. I, I had no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I had I mean, no idea. What <laughs> I mean, I, I think for me, like that. <laughs> It's weird because I, I am, um, I kind of I grew up with the internet. I, I'm, I was in that kind of, uh, I was that nerdy kid that was always online because again I grew up in the sticks, but I had a, I had internet connection um, right. and no friends, so I spent a lot of time online, and um, and so I kind of grew you up are. with it. And I think like the way that the, the question is. Uh, is, is asked i think it's more kind of uh more about um in terms of uploading videos like it, is it the same or is it what we originally thought it was when we started uploading videos and yeah. i'll be honest i was kind of uh i was kind of naive when i first started uploading videos because i'd seen people uploading videos and i'd seen um people with really high production values and things like that uploading videos but i didn't i didn't really think about it i was <laughs> i was uploading videos of the workshop because uh i saw people like al do it and yeah i i saw just random normal people like i i don't think when i first started uploading videos i had any um uh i don't want to say any concept but i had no like um thoughts of like oh i'm gonna upload videos and it's gonna make me loads of money like it's that <laughs> the idea of monetization never even crossed my mind it, it wasn't that that i was thinking about it was just a case of like I like making videos. I I want to be part of this community, and and that's kind of why I started uh, doing the videos. Um, that, I mean, you, that, you listen to like Jim or Eric, and they you know the reason they started doing it was a record of yeah they were building yeah you know, and I think document because they wanted to go back and look how they took that thing apart yeah <laughs> and I think that like the my opinion of it changed originally. As I was going through it, but I think I've gone back to my original thoughts, which is just it's just a video platform. It, it's somewhere to upload the videos, and it's it's the people that are um, the actual people making the videos that's the difference. Um, yeah. Like I still look at it as just it's just a place to upload your videos. That's all it is. Whether it's YouTube, whether it's Vimeo, whether it's Facebook or whatever, like it's just a place to 
to put content um and how you uh, how you treat that content how you what you expect from that content what you uh, demand in return for that content is entirely down to the individual um but i think if anything getting more involved with the community and seeing more and more of it has made me realize that actually all of the especially in the maker community the people that are there putting up videos are just dickheads in sheds they're not they're not they're not famous people. They're, there's nothing special about them. They're not superhumans or fucking. Well, that's the point. Like that. it's, it's, it's they're just normal. Yes, they're normal it's people. Democratized, isn't it? I mean, Brett, I'd yeah. love to get your take on it because you've kind of, you know, launching into the channel. You've got a different take on things. You've been involved with other people's YouTube channels. So, you know, what's your opinion of it? Especially the, the sort of changing dynamic of your your storytelling and stuff as well. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a re. This could be. This could be an episode. episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this could be an episode. But I'll, I'll try and keep it short. So I think my view on YouTube started, you know, way back in university when we were just watching stupid viral videos of people, you know, the fucking Maya He song, whatever. All those, <laughs> all those goofy ones are drinking out of cups, you know, like... I saw YouTube as this platform where people were making like these hilarious, whether you like, want to call them creative or not. It was just like goofy fucking videos that just existed online for the world to see. Right. And the idea of a viral video, you know, working in uh, years later, working in a marketing department that was like, right. So we need to create a viral video. And like <laughs> That's not a thing that anyone can do. Um you know, I, I was exposed to YouTube early on and I worked for the company in Las Vegas. Uh, we were one of the, if I'm not mistaken, we were one of the first companies to do online web media uh, and tried to run ads in front of it because at that point in time, like online ad monetization sponsorship stuff wasn't really a thing. We were kind of at the forefront or our, our boss was kind of at the forefront of all that stuff um it didn't work very well which is why it failed and then youtube started to become this thing where people realized you could get paid doing it and i didn't have any reason to get involved in any of that i was working for that company in the city watching videos from jimmy and laura and jocko and you know some of those those first maker people that I really got exposed to. I was like, this is brilliant. Like this, this person makes this stuff. I could watch it, learn tips. You know, I watched all of Jimmy's uh, tip videos. And then I met people that I was watching on YouTube for two or three years. And it blew my mind because much like Steve said, they weren't these untouchable celebrity types. Like every single person that I met that I had been watching was welcoming and nice and not <laughs> egotistical and you're like but you have a million subscribers how are you not an asshole you know it's almost like this expectation not meeting reality um and then obviously working for jim for as long as i did the the very first video i produced there jim gave me the advice he was like just start a channel and just film what you're doing because more than anything uh, it's a visual portfolio for you to send to clients. So there wasn't even really a talk there at the beginning about start a YouTube channel, do these things, work on your thumbnails, keyword, you know, he just mm -hmm. goes, oh, you want to make stuff for a living. 
and you're a creative type person, uh, I would suggest just starting YouTube. That way you can film it and then refer clients to that. If they want you to make a sign, you can show them a sign that you made for so-and-so. And then it started to uh, like influence my builds a little bit more. I started doing things for myself or I started doing you know, creative exercises just to see, can I do this thing? Okay, well, I'll film it. If it comes out well, you know, I'll put a video up about it. And the fact that I've, I've now over the last few years spent time like working with other YouTubers or like editing videos for Jim or helping out or filming for Jimmy, uh, you know, working with all of you guys doing the 10 maker stuff over with Laura, it still boggles my mind to think that, you know, we're having this discussion about is YouTube what you expected it to be? Well, just, just, parse it down to did you ever think you'd go to germany with <laughs> nine of your friends and work in laura's shop with like the haikoku people it was like what <laughs> no i would have <laughs> never expected something like that yeah that's a good shout yeah, um, so it's, the, it's the bigger picture i mean the world the world is not what i yeah. fucking thought it was <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, never mind I one, think... one video platform yeah. yeah i i do think you know steve's favorite word of the community does come into play Basically. with realizing that, that the connectivity was instant. Yeah. Like if you put yeah. yourself out there, we've, we've talked about this plenty of times before it's, you know, how, how much can you put yourself out there? You'll get as much as you give back. Just look, just look at it under the magnifying glass of like, did you think you'd ever meet such and such person on YouTube? Well, no, I didn't think so, <laughs> but series of events X, Y, and Z led to me being in that situation now. So me thinking that all of these people on YouTube were untouchable celebrity worker types suddenly became like, that's just a guy with a camera or yeah. a gal with a camera. And if I wanted to meet them or reach out to them, I can. Yeah. I mean, I think like, I really like the, the way that you, um, you said about it being like a visual portfolio. And, but I think for me, it, it going back to an audible portfolio. Yeah. Oh, like a written portfolio. Shut up. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, as opposed to like a written portfolio. Um, but yeah, uh, the like the 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 people and and how you present your videos and, and what you expect to get out of your videos. I think that's that's one of the things I understand better now is the fact that different people genuinely expect different things. Like you say, like some companies will create a YouTube channel just as a as a way of um trying to get a viral video so that they can cash in on it sort of thing like and for for me personally like i have obviously we've started up the forge youtube channel now and i i take great pride in uh making sure that those videos are the best videos that i can produce i Dude, that last a... video was amazing <laughs> thank you like production quality and editing of it steve legit like i hadn't even said that to you and i will say it now on this little public forum that we've got that last video was beautiful thanks you man. did a great job and what well, that, that's the thing is like i i'm i'm trying to make sure that those videos are something that that are enjoyable for anyone to watch because you know we're we're not putting them out there with the expectation that we're going to get loads of sponsors and we're going to make money <laughs> and all this. Like they are literally just there to go out and um, and let people know that we're there. Let people know who we are. Give people a bit of an insight into what 
Alex Pearl Ironwork is um, and what the forge is and you know so that people then want to come along to the classes they want to buy the stock because they're a little bit more invested in the brand like our brand is all about telling the story and YouTube is the best way that we can tell people the story without actually being directly in front of them um so like for for the the forge stuff the forge channel that is very much what it's about whereas the moonshine metalworks channel is very much an excuse to make dumb shit and that's it like it's it's uh it's an excuse to restore a vice just so i can cook some bacon to put in a on a waffle inside of a crepe like it's it's dumb shit like that that that's why i have it and i think um i think that again like like you said about the the whole community thing like you get out of it what you put in and and depending on on what you expect with it i think that's that's the kind of the thing that i've really learned is it's not it's not youtube it's not um like it's youtube doesn't dictate what what your content is you dictate what your content is and what you get out of it by by what you put out there and, and the kind of vibe that you you give with your videos mm -hmm. um so yeah i kind of that's that's my second answer on that one question <laughs> how many hey, answers thanks, do you want Steve? that's yeah. great uh right who uh, al you're next aren't you yes yes yes, yes. um yeah good because i don't want to answer this question um <laughs> this is from will i want to say hazelden but it could be hazelden um McDonald's. i feel like <laughs> billion yeah um, I, f I feel like everyone here is so brilliant not you two i mean the group <laughs> i feel like everyone here is so brilliant and productive always making and finishing callback yeah. wonderful projects but i always struggle will not me i don't struggle i've a few different things on the go me not will um <laughs> but barely ever finished them this is me <laughs> how do you guys stay focused and what are, what are the useful techniques you follow to keep on track? So it kind of, it's kind of like a partner question to the one earlier, yeah. um, but another good one. So loads of cool shit out there. Everyone's impressive. Lots of cool stuff. But if you've got loads of shit on the go, how do you stay focused? Um, like, so I, how to stay focused? How to stay focused is one thing, but I think the idea of finishing a project, I we. Don't often we, talk about I, that. We, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, again, this is one that we could easily discuss for an entire episode. Um, I'm going to quickly jump in with my two cents because it's going to be nice and short. And wow. then I think Brett's probably going to have some interesting thoughts on it because uh, for me, a lot of um, a lot of my shit, it's, it depends on free time, motivation and all that. Like I spoke earlier on about motivation being severely lacking at the moment. Um, uh, and again, actually, to be fair, with YouTube, that's a really good motivator to finish something because, <laughs> fuck, I've filmed half of it. I need to get it done now. Um, and especially if you're, like, teasing it on Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, but for me, like, it's it's weird because I have my time in the workshop. I, I make a thing. I finish it. Generally, you know, I'm batch productioning, so I'm doing lots of stuff and finishing it all within, you know, a few hours of starting it sort of thing. Um and that's kind of that's what I do. The the stuff I do for myself, um, whether it's like doing the slides that I'm doing at the moment or working on the truck or whatever, um, that's when I have time, when I can be bothered, when you know, when I've got enough free time that actually I can spend it entirely on working on a thing that is just 
for fun mm-hmm. um and and yeah i've got so 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 many things that i've either half started or you know i've got sketched out or i've bought half the materials for or whatever that aren't finished like i i've got an entire fucking workshop of half completed projects um even when i've got a deadline set in my head i still struggle to finish stuff and that's um that's partly because of just free time and like i quite often if i set myself a deadline it'll be oh yeah i'm gonna finish that by then and then i got halfway through the project and go oh shit i don't have the money to get the thing to do the thing or Hmm. i can't do that because i need to get that sorted by tomorrow and the shop's not open tomorrow because it's a sunday and um and yeah so i i i can't really answer because i unless i'm being paid to finish a thing i don't tend to finish it because it's for myself and i get overexcited about other shiny things and get distracted there's a good you made a good little reference at the start though and that was kind of the um the idea of teasing things i think yeah if if you only are doing something on your own and you're the only person that knows about it and you're the only one that's dealing with the problems and the challenges and stuff and you're kind of the whole weight of it is on your shoulders it can be difficult sometimes to get that closure and to to yeah to, to power through and you can sometimes like oh look there's a distraction that's easier i'll do that or you know using other things to distract you as an excuse from getting on with it yeah um but i think the things it seems trivial but like an instagram tease kind of then like adds a bit more motivation to it because yeah. like you're, you're getting other people involved in it other people have expectations now or other people might be able to help you out and give you advice or support you through it as well yeah um so i think involving others is a really good kind of tool to get back on track um even if it's just moral support you know what i mean yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be or oh, if you tried doing it this way or here's something i finished do you want to do the same um i think just that involving other people is a really good way to motivate yeah and yeah. um i i just i think unless it's steve <laughs> i was gonna say to be honest i think one of the reasons i don't necessarily tease stuff and um and involve people as much anymore is because i uh i hate that disappointment thing that like that then becomes oh fuck well i haven't finished that and now i'm an asshole sort of thing um you just gotta be vague you've got to learn the the (laughs) art of vagueness yeah and mystery yeah um but yeah i i maybe i should start teasing more stuff again yeah we'll see well i i definitely agree with the involving other people because I don't want to refer to it as pressure, but you have a responsibility at that point. Whether or not it's it's a hobby build or something for a YouTube video, it's still, you know, if you have people looking forward to it or people being supportive of it, it, it drives you to want to get it done because you're like, mm. I want to share this thing and these people are excited to see it. So there's something definitely helpful uh, about teasing or, or sharing with different people. You know, Al, you and I have a very... Uh, typical way of sharing a little bit of a hint <laughs> to each other and it just kind of keeps the the motivation going and it's fun to pass ideas back and forth but uh i'll keep this really short for my own sake i love crossing off lists and it is a huge motivator for me to create the list of super burdening i have too much shit going on projects mm-hmm. and then once i start crossing lines off of that it's just like i it is 
huge motivation because I'm a completionist from video games and I just got to see all the things disappear. Right. <laughs> um, I think the, like the requirement to do something or finish something is different than the, you know, do I want to versus do I need to versus do I have to, um, since so many of us are doing this as like a hobby or, or just for funsies, it's really hard to stay motivated to finish something that really at the end of the day doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so you have to develop a way to not necessarily make it a requirement because that can take some of the fun out of it, but it's like there has to be something that you you can latch on to that the the completion of that project is either motivation to go further or uh you know even like we were talking about earlier if you if you're cleaning a workshop and it's a thousand square feet of workshop which is huge it can seem like such a burden to even start that but to go 10 feet at a time and clean up little little bits something like that to me is super cathartic it just makes me want to go more and then you complete the whole project and by the time you step away from it you're like i am the god of cleaning i am so (laughs) good right now and now i can dirty the shop up so i'm getting at you have to develop incentive for yourself to complete projects if you just expect if the expectation is that you will feel better or that something will be gained by the end of it or fucking make it about youtube if you develop the expectation that you're going to get a million views on the project that you do and it doesn't hit that, yeah. you're basically fucked for trying <laughs> to motivate yourself to finish anything in the future. Because you're like, well, I put in all this work and I didn't get anything out of it. You got plenty out of it. I'm sure yeah. you did. Um, and lastly, just as an example, based on my spiff a couple weeks ago, uh, Jan and I were just having a discussion about him finishing his next build video. And he's like, you know, I'd like I'd like somebody else to look at it or I have trouble finishing the edit because I, I don't really know when it's done or I make mistakes because I get too buried in it. In a very similar capacity, the like, when is the video done? You have to find milestones for yourself. You know, we always tell people when they first start a YouTube channel, like the milestone should just be get it out, get the yeah. first video done. The hundred things that you could gain from sharing that whether it's production value, timing, all that kind of stuff. Like it is more important to have the achievement of did it get done than did yeah. it get done to the standards of a 1980s Ridley Scott film. Like you can't, <laughs> can't keep those standards and expectations for yourself that early. So we were having a really constructive conversation about like move forward. You know, if you find mistakes in the edit after you upload it, take it down, re-upload it, like do whatever or be comfortable with it because I learn best from failure. Like it is a huge motivator to fail on something because then you, me and my personality is to, well, fucking get better. Don't do that or get better at that. Do not call that a failure. Like what is it going to take for you to not consider that a failure? Yeah. I, mean, so, that, I know that's a lot, but it's yeah, all about yeah. it's all about creating motivators and creating incentives for yourself. And I think most of the time, like we need others to justify our, you know, actions or give us 
give us outside incentive. Like you have to be able to be self-motivated and self-incentivizing. Yeah. No, that's um that's a a lot to take on board. And I I I think I agree with quite a lot of it actually. Thank um, you. Yeah. Nicely put. Right. Uh who's next? Is it me? Yes? Uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh which spice girl do you think is best? Ooh. It's gotta be Paprika? Mel B from Boston. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> uh, I always did like Mel B. I, I like scary spice. I think I like sport, sporty spice for a little while, but I was never really into because I think uh, she was the one that could maybe sing. <laughs> posh, posh spice whatever her name yeah. is david beckham's victoria beckham yeah. right yeah i don't know i it was clearly a typecast band but i feel like there was some talent in mel b <laughs> i mean i don't know if you uh ever saw any of the spice girls movie but the acting oh of was <laughs> something about a bus yeah <laughs> Wasn't Richard E. Grant in it? Oh, That's God. my favorite Spice Girl, Richard E. Grant. Richard there Grant. we go. Mine's Brian Harvey. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, next one. Is that uh, me? Yes. Yeah, I believe that's me. So James McKinty, Mr. Malton Make, says, where do you think the line between negative comments... What do you think the line is between negative comments and trolling? Do you think anyone manages it well or badly? Honor. The line is <laughs> the command of the English language. It's as simple as that. I've, I think I've said this before, but I think 90% of trolling is just people writing what they think, and it's not meant to be a trolling comment. Yeah. And people just misinterpret it. Or having worked abroad as well, um, and spent years of my life, you know, in a foreign country where people's English is a second language. Um, I've kind of become desensitized to it because I think the yeah. nuance of like saying something to somebody's face and something being typed on a keyboard is worlds apart. And a lot of the time it's just people asking questions. Yeah. Especially when you've just given up your time to watch something that maybe was not titled correctly and the expectations weren't managed, it could just be like, well, why didn't you use 15 gauge wire? Yeah. You know, like you're supposed to, or like I know you're supposed to, or like yeah. you said you're going to. And it's just all about expectations. I think, especially in you, unless it's like a deliberately obtuse, offensive comment. Yeah. Most of the comments that people complain about are generally just people asking why the thing that they saw was not what they expected. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's almost exactly what I was going to say. Um, and I think the majority of the time, you just have to uh, try and read it as a positive thing. So you read it as someone. Yeah. Because it's so easy to read a question. When someone says, why did you do that? It, you can you can either read it as, oh, my God, why did you do that, you dick? Yeah. Or yeah. you can read it as, ah, why did you do that? Like, it's it's entirely down to you how you perceive the comment and how you react to it. Um, so for me, it's kind of a case of, like, you read the comment, you try and read it as a genuine question or a genuine um, comment or query or whatever. Um, react to it like that. And if they then come back and go, oh, no, fucking blah, 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 
and type in all caps, then you just go, <laughs> okay, and ignore them. Like I, I have no interest in engaging with um, with people that are just trolling. Like if someone's just trolling you for the fun of it, then you're generally going to know because they're going to be commenting the same drivel on every video you post. But if they're just saying, like, and if someone's just saying, I don't like that build, it was shit, then all right, I, I don't care. Like, I, I, I don't care at all. Um, so, I th and yeah, I think it's down to the individual how you, uh, how you think reacting to it well or badly is. I mean, like I said, Honor is a great example for both reacting to things really badly and really well, depending on <laughs> on what your point of view is. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I like I say to me, it's just a case of like if someone's being a dick, then just fuck it, whatever. I think the I love that we're using honor as an example. <laughs> I think there's some truth to it. I mean, I mean, even he's even he has exhausted himself with it now, and he just deletes them yeah. now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, I have to appreciate sometimes when he he just goes for the throat because yeah. somebody will come at him with some you know shitty ass comment and very negative, and most people you expect most people think of this in like an actual face-to-face -face conversation if you're like hey you're a prick you wouldn't go i'm going to kill your firstborn and you know light their grave on fire or whatever well, like well, i would definitely say that's someone's face but that's what i'm saying like he <laughs> takes it you don't match like you're a dick with like well you're an asshole he he goes yeah. to the extreme that shuts people down and in a way, you have to look at that and go, oh, yep, that stopped that conversation because that person can't keep up with that kind of horrifying wit. But because <laughs> assholes just want to shit all over dicks. Yeah. <laughs> South Park callback. But, you know, he also, you know, like you said, he's gotten to the point where it, it's become exhausting because there's no reason to fight that fight constantly and with a video like his chain axe going up like 20 million views the amount of comments on a video like that that will range from you know cool supportive to trolling to full-on negativity this is dangerous it's like well what we spend, yeah. clicked on that thumbnail <laughs> well you gotta you, you gotta imagine if it takes you you know two to five minutes to reply back to that multiply that by a thousand that's a job that suddenly becomes a job yeah. just to go and cull comments and and deal with the trolls and stuff no one really has the time to do that the internet is a is a terrible place we're all very aware of it i think um you guys are gonna have to read through the comment section of jess's first house cleanup video I don't know if anybody's taking the time to, but Jesus Christ, the comments that are coming out of that video. And I hadn't checked in on it until she mentioned it the other day. She's like, the comments are a little out of control. And there's just people, everything from like, I can't believe you're not recycling to, you know, you're not wearing enough safety gear. You're like stupid stuff that I think there was one she showed me the other day that was just like, uh, good thing you had two gay guys to help and a lesbian cleaning up or something like that. It's just like what? what? Yeah, what? I don't understand how to. Which one? Uh, you? The second <laughs> one. But I, handling handling trolls well, I think, is just. 
I, I think at the end of the day, we'd all like to be able to kill people with kindness or, or keep it a positive or constructive criticism platform. But success comes with, or a successful video will always come with just like too much to deal with. And yeah. it's in yeah. my mind, better to just continue forward. Right. Yeah. Put the blinkers on. Move. move it, 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 that's kind of going back to, um, my advice thing like that's why i kind of say well, fuck it i i don't give a shit like so i can remember someone commenting on the uh the axe restoration video i did uh two years ago and they commented on it within the last few months um and they wrote their their comment was just your wedges are too thick oh yeah uh, oh yeah that, that, thanks just stand further back yeah like <laughs> And I, I'm sat there thinking, like, I could easily go back to this guy and be like, well, this thing's lasted for two, three years without any issues whatsoever. It's been really good, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I, I, actually, I, I don't care. I, I really <laughs> don't care. Like, I think that's the important part. I think if somebody's being offensive or rude, it doesn't matter because it's not yeah. relevant yeah. and it's not the truth. If Jess wasn't wearing enough protection, then maybe she should have been, and then yeah. she gets sick. It's like, well, yeah, maybe you should have listened to the fucking the troll in the comments. Yeah. Um, you know, or if you do actually agree with them, you know, the things that actually hurt are the things that are true. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You, you, that... you, you, you know that the wedges are not too thick, so you're not bothered. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because you've I, been handling axes for years. Yeah. That's a really that's a really solid gauge, Al. And I think there's there was a movie. I was trying to think of it earlier what the movie was, but it's like if so, if a comment upsets you, or if somebody, you know, trying to push your buttons upsets you, it's probably because there's a degree of truth yeah. within. So maybe my advice is like, if it doesn't personally affect you, there's probably <laughs> zero truth to it. So fucking move along. Yeah, that that's why I didn't like Tim's question about uh, me having greasy hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the it's the people that commented on my workshop build out. They're like, I can't believe you painted it black. It's going to be so hot in the desert. I'm like, it's going to be so fucking a- hot. <laughs> yeah, because put- when it was cool as a cucumber. <laughs> yeah, and now I put a coal forge in it. So, <laughs> like, I can't believe you put a hot forge in there. Yeah, oh. coal fusion. <laughs> uh, right, who asked that question? Come on, we're nearly there. Um, uh, that was which spice? That girl? was James. No, that was. Brett, uh, it's you. You're next. Oh, Al. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, because the question's aimed at me. Al, can you share the recipe for the gravy he made? This is there's too many tenses going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, in Bruce Bones' video, look, the, the, the recipe is the video. It literally shows you what I do step by step. So pay attention, Dean, and go watch yeah. the video. Dean. It's just uh, bones and water. Yeah. <laughs> Mm, broth or um, ask john d harvey about his duck bone broth uh, although joking aside dean there that has been good. in the um my joke in yeah. the pipeline for a long time like a maker's cookbook so i am on it and that would likely be a recipe in that cookbook um, stay tuned uh Not a real cookbook like your friend steve no no fuck that uh no um we i need to speak to you about something later uh right next question uh yes uh tell us your best joke 
I I got nothing on this one. Got one. So this is a real dad joke, by the way. <laughs> no, you wait. My joke is um when I was a kid at school, uh, I used to tell um like all my friends that I was named after Axel Rose from Guns N' Roses. Yeah. They were like, but your name's Alex. And I was like, Yeah, I was named after him. <laughs> Uh, oh, horrible. So my, <laughs> this is definitely not my best joke, but my favourite joke in the world is what's brown and sticky? A stick. I like it. Yeah, it's just simple. Uh, that or uh, how'd you get a clown off a bike? Throw a fridge in. <laughs> Visual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, right, so we've got one left. Uh, which is the piece de resistance. Uh, what is your favourite sandwich filling? Oh, there's going to have to be a rundown there, Ia. You can't just go straight to one. It depends what kind of mood you're in. Yeah. I, you, I want Al to take this first. Right. If you only had one sandwich. No, 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 no. Okay, well, okay, right. So I'm going to take you through it step by step and get the classics out of the way, right? right. So a bacon sandwich. Simple. What sauce? Three ingredients. Four ingredients if you want to put sauce on, and it can only be tomato sauce. Oh, I love you so much right now. Sauce. Um, I'm with Joel on this one. Sausages are better than bacon. So yeah. next up on the podium is a sausage sandwich. But with which sauce? I would like to have it with no sauce because sausages are delicious. Yeah, acceptable. Again, tomato sauce. There is no Ooh. place anywhere. No. Sausages brown sauce. Beauty of a sausage sandwich is that sometimes you can get away with really shit sausages in a sausage sandwich. It doesn't really, oh, it's, not, it's not offensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, next up on the roster, and Brett, you're going to have to chip in on this one. I don't know if this is a thing in the States. The crisp sandwich. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of a funny thing that kids do, but... Like Cheetos in a sandwich or something. Yeah, but yeah. there are... There are delis and cafes that will do that, where they'll put crisps on like a turkey sandwich, and it's a very standard order. Okay, but yeah, I, that's... can I just offer a quick variation of the crisp sandwich, which I think I'm... is delicious, and uh, everyone else I know thinks I'm insane for enjoying. Um, so uh, obviously, two bits of bread, cheese, honey, salt, vinegar, crisps. It's fucking amazing. It sounds like a, a sensorial overload. Yeah, it is good. In New Zealand, they have hot crisps. Ooh. Yeah, and it's a thing. And you, I think you can get like a hot crisp sandwich. It's a bit weird. Um, next up on the tier is PBJ. Yeah. Almost the king of sandwiches. You can take it to town. You can have cheap jam. You can have jelly like Yanks. You can have all sorts of nut butter, crunchy, smooth, yeah. peanut, almond. You know, it's a good, it's a, but again, like the previous three examples, it's only as good as how soft the bread is. Yeah. You get stale bread in a PBJ and you're fucked. It's got to be like nice and soft or nice and chewy, something decent that holds up against the textures going on. But the best sandwich and the, the only fucking sandwich there is, is a fucking burger. It's a sandwich, cheeseburger if you want to really fucking go for it. But the best sandwich there is is a cheeseburger, without a shadow of a doubt. When Tony Stark came back from a cave in Afghanistan, he wanted a cheeseburger for a reason. So I've got, and I've just had two. 
I've got two things for you here. So, firstly, um, yes, it's a sandwich. Go, going to the original. Uh, no, no, no. I'm not arguing that at all. <laughs> uh, going to the original um, one, the bacon, um, and this can be streaky, done with. Sorry, I didn't clarify. Just to be 100 percent clear, streaky bacon. Yeah, which I, is I, you, you probably don't even have bacon, dear. It's like what you call ham. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, we've yeah. had that discussion before. Yeah. Uh, so, if you're going to do a bacon sandwich. I would because I one of my favorite sandwiches is just a simple fried egg sandwich, fried nice. egg sandwich, a little bit of salt, little bit. Well, I say a little bit of salt and pepper, a lot of salt and pepper. Um, but uh, bacon, uh, egg sandwich with a bit of toast separating the bacon and egg. Oh, yeah, fucking delicious. Um, no, that comes in this sandwich, which is the roast sandwich. Oh, it's a good one. Get so your potatoes. It's fucking roast potatoes sliced up in your roast sandwich. Oh, fuck, yeah. Roast potatoes, Stop. carrots, fucking sweet, ev oh. everything. So yeah. your, meat, your meat, your sauce, your moist maker, your veg, your top slice. Good, good sandwich. Yeah, I'm so hungry right now. This is it, not fair. It's a bit, bit overcomplicated, though. And, and it can be let down by one of them being shit, you know? Yeah, you get yeah. roast pork in there and it's ruined the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, you've got to do it. You've got to do it properly. It's like a um, like a if you're just having a roast beef sandwich, it's got to be warm. It's got to have a bit of a bit of um, pepper in it, and the butter's just got to start melting. And it's well, um, but I have to ask you, I'm very surprised that you, as a northerner, didn't uh, didn't suggest either a chip, chip butty or chips and pitta. So I swapped chip butty for the crisp sandwich. I kind of figured figured that would be it's technically the same thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's fried potatoes in in bread. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I mean, if I was going to go completely northern, it would be like a battered pie roll, but we've had. Them. <laughs> um, I there's, just there's, laugh like fucking crusty. Then there's, there's there's one dark horse actually that I forgot to mention, and this is probably only for one listener, and that's um like a merguez sausage baguette. Where you mm -hmm. like really specific French lamb sausages, lamb and beef sausages, the little spicy merguez, yeah. and it has, it's in a baguette, and you have French fries in it, yeah, and then oh, cheese yeah. on top, and that it's fucking good. amazing. That it's like a really specific so like sandwich, and it's so good. So, I've got uh, two more. Do I get to go, or are you guys just going to keep adding to your? I'm, list? Done, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I, I've got these two more. Uh, so, um, there's. Any any sandwich is, is good with cheese. So I'm going to say grated cheese and grated carrot. Mix it up. Put it between two bits of bread with some salad. It's... I, I couldn't hear what you were saying there. You were breaking up. Sorry, what? Gone too far. That's fucking no, ridiculous. No, it is fucking delicious. Fuck you. Uh, and you can fucking try it and tell me it's not delicious. Uh, and uh, cheese and jam. Cheese and strawberry jam in a sandwich. Well, that saved me from the tapas. <laughs> All right, Al, I think you will appreciate my my three because I like variation depending on the mood I'm in. It's not just like variations on the on the bread, meat, cheese fillings things. I I tend to go for you know flavor profiles, and <laughs> they're always um, geographically specific. So. A, a favorite go-to is a Cuban, but it has to be a nice. good Cuban mm. sandwich. And, and like, 
constructed properly because I've eaten plenty of Cubans. You know, they offer a Cuban sandwich somewhere. And <laughs> if you don't have good pickles, like I don't even really like pickles, but I will eat the shit out of a Cuban because mm. the pickles make the sandwich. But I've also had them constructed constructed incorrectly so that the first bite happens and then everything spills out. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate that. So, and yeah. then similarly on the other side of the planet, I love a good banh mi. Oh, yes. Pork belly yeah. and all your pickled veg yeah. on the inside with yeah, nice, nice toasted bread. And, you know, sandwiches are great because they're always walkable or like you can get them and they come yeah. in a little bag and then you go sit down, whatever. Anything you can eat with your hands where it's got its own napkin or juice yeah. soakers. Uh, my standard for years and years, and honestly, I haven't had one in a long time, or at least a new one, was a Philly. Um, yeah. Nice. I think as far as like... A, too many shit, like shit meat. The, yeah. I've had too many bad Philly. No, yeah. that's, that's, you know, a lot of the sandwich problems when you're eating at a restaurant or trying a new place out. You see something on the menu that you're like, I know what that is. And then it shows up on your plate and you're like, that's not what a Philly is at all. <laughs> the fact that um in new york when i was living in new york i had been getting like a new philly for years anywhere that i went from age probably like 23 to 30 if it offered a philly i would get it and try it because it was my favorite sandwich it's just bread meat cheese veg like onions and peppers a couple little variations of whether or not they would put any other kind of like mayo mayo yeah. would go on them sometimes but it's such a standard sandwich. Peppers and onions will always go together when they're grilled. It's a super easy thing that they just it's chuck it awesome. on a griddle top. But toasted the bread in the juices, you know, and no cheese whiz. If you like cheese whiz and you're fucking <laughs> Philly, you're insane because it's not good. Um, But constructed correctly, you know, like I like seeing all the ingredients going on top of a griddle everything getting cooked at once and then you watch you watch the the chef or yeah. the cook and he takes everything scoops it all together and then takes the bread which is on the griddle and just kind yeah. of rolls everything <laughs> into it <laughs> and then that's it and he's like there's your fucking food yeah um as far as i'm concerned when you're talking about just like very standard simple sandwiches if it wasn't a cheeseburger which was also on this list al but you already knocked it out of the park it's a philly to me nice Nice. This is kind yeah. of like a cheeseburger. Yeah. So the two that I left off because they're not sandwiches. Go on. Cheese toasty. That's all right. Yeah. 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 Grilled cheese. It's not a sandwich. It's toasty. Something different. Mm. And a bapau, which is kind of more like a filled steamed bone. Yeah. Any, any form of bao. I, I had bao written down because yeah. I was like, oh, what a sandwich. It's a filled steamed bun. I. I do fucking love them though. They are delicious. Yeah, Not that I can actually eat them anymore. Um, God, but that gets so. We've had the discussion, or we started the discussion of like what makes a sandwich or what, <laughs> what yeah. is a sandwich. I, I would love to go down that road just fighting the good fight for things that I want to consider sandwiches yeah. because they are great and they beat out other things that are traditionally <laughs> referred to as a sandwich. But, like uh, a good tuna melt oh, is great on a good day. Like, it's a toasty. It's a toasty because if they give you, if you ask for a tuna melt and they give you something that's soft bread, then they did their fucking job wrong. 
Oh, I want you to tell people that as well. As they hand it to you, you did your fucking job wrong. You're um, fired. You're not my boss. Well, I should be. Uh, I, I just want to eat all the sandwiches now. I'm so, so hungry, and it's it's lunchtime. I'm going to go destroy the kitchen. Oh, you're right. So excited. Well, the thing is, with sandwiches, they're fucking spiffing. Al, that means you're going first. Woo! Okay, cool. So, a um, bit of a callback to earlier when I was talking about Man on Fire. Um, great score by uh, Harry Gregson Williams, who scored such films as The Rock and Prometheus, and also Metal Gear Solid games, which I didn't know. Um, but I only found out this week the composer who did all the transposing of all the songs in Westworld. So when there's like the playing on the piano and it's like cool, like contemporary songs like Nirvana and stuff, but it's in the yeah. wild west, it's playing on a piano, um, is a composer called Ramin Jawadi. And I'd never heard of him. And then I had a bit of a flashback because in a quiz a week ago that we had at work, his name came up as the guy who composed the Game of Thrones theme tune. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. And then it turned out he fucking composed everything that's amazing. So he did like, the Pacific Rim soundtrack. He did nice. the Iron Man theme. He's worked on a shitload of movies with, um, blah, 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 what's it called? Hans Zimmer. So like ah, Pirates cool. of the Caribbean, Batman Begins. Yeah. Um, he did the soundtrack to Equilibrium, which is super good. And then all these films kept coming back, and it, it kept reminding me why... I liked all these films and all this great music in it. It's the same guy. And he's obviously taken a lot out of Hans Zimmer's book because I love Hans mm-hmm. Zimmer. Um, but then it went back even further and he did like the soundtrack to the video game Thief. And all of a sudden I'm getting all this fucking like oh all this amazing music from my childhood. And yeah. this guy's been there this entire time. And he's just never had this high profile like, you know, the likes yeah. of John Williams have um, and Hans Zimmer and stuff. So Ramin Jawadi, fucking awesome. He's spiffing. Just go and watch any of the films that he's done the score for or been involved in. You know, he did like some of the incidental music in the background in some films and um, worked with Hans Zimmer a lot. But yeah, fucking Pacific Rim, man. And the Iron Man. Oh, this is why it came up because I was watching a YouTube video where somebody was asking why there is no music in the MCU. There's no memorable music. Yeah. And this guy had written that this before Age of Ultron. So this YouTube video was done before Age of Ultron. So the, the yeah. whole Avengers theme that everyone knows yeah. um, hadn't come out yet. And it was in the trailer for the for Age of Ultron. And I was watching this video and I was screaming, going, the fucking Iron Man theme is amazing. Like the 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 the, the like the motif yeah. when Iron Man comes in, it was in Iron Man 1, it was in Iron Man 2, it was in Iron Man 3. And I always sing it. And I always sung it. Um, I sung it in every Marvel film. Whenever I was in the cinema, I was always humming <laughs> the Iron Man theme tune. And I didn't realize, and it was this guy. So he's spiffing. I'm very That's, excited. Yeah. It's a good shout. That's uh, very good. Brett, you are next. Yeah. All right. Well, I was introduced to another YouTube channel by my Alex. Um, because the gentleman behind the channel, I think there's a team of them now, but it is specifically Movies with Mikey. Um, 
the channel is actually called Film Joy, F-I-L-M-J-O-Y. But movies with Mikey, he's been doing this for a really long time. Um, I don't know if he's a... Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if he was a critic or if he was getting into filmmaking or whatever. I haven't I haven't done the deep dive just yet. I've just been watching a lot of his videos because they have a playlist of just the movies with Mikey thing. Um you guys know that I love my film analyses and when there's people that are better spoken or, or more well-spoken than myself are able to convey the, the reasoning or the ideas behind movies and media, right? So why was it this choice to use this actor or this color palette for this movie or the story? This movies with Mikey does longer format videos, like anywhere between like 20 minutes. And there was one that was like 47 minutes. He did a breath of the wild analysis Mm, and it went like, why is breath of the wild a great game, but expanded back to the original Zelda and was like, here's why breath of the wild is great. Now let me take you back 40 years in the past and build back up to give you all the context of why this is an, is such an achievement and such a great thing. And he's did all three John Wick movies and (laughs) I'm watching the Harry Potter ones right now. And it's just, it's just very smart and well thought out uh, positive critiques. And there's not even an offered constructive criticism very often where it's, you know, so typical for people to go, you know, if they would have done it, this, it would have made a lot more sense to us. And you're like, well, feel free to go back five years ago when they were writing and producing and then filming and then trying to get that out on a marketing budget. And like, there's a slew of reasons why the one thing you've attached to doesn't exist. <laughs> so I find his videos to be very positive, but laced with a ton of knowledge that kind of make you appreciate the things you already appreciate even more watching back uh, the the breath of the wild one. That was the one Alex sent me that introduced me to the channel is like, tells you about Miyamoto and why creating the first game. And then the second, Miyamoto (laughs) they're great. They've been enjoyable just to have it on in the background there. You really don't need to watch them. I think he even calls that out in a couple of videos. He was like, this is a longer format video. I pretty much just use screenshots from the things that I'm talking about. So if you just want to listen, you know, that's it. (laughs) I'm not going to show you anything too unique. It's basically just him talking. So rather than having a podcast that, you know, you're constantly searching for whatever, and maybe not every episode is to your liking, this has been quite enjoyable because I think they've been doing it for a few years. So the backlog is deep and I've been quite enjoying it. So film joy is the channel. Movies with Mikey is the playlist. Nice. nice. Yeah. Um, right. So for mine, I was originally going to spiff um, a channel that Jim uh, from Wavecycle sent me, uh, which is a guy that made a ride on lawnmower into a tank. Um, <laughs> yes. but, but I can't remember the name of the channel. So I'll put it in the shows. But I'm not going to spiff them because I can't remember the name of the channel. Um, then I was thinking about food because we've just been talking about sandwiches. And it would be so easy to spiff uh, some like Franco or like one of the chefs that we uh, we talk about a lot or someone like Pooch who I've spiffed before. But 
actually, I am going to spiff a guy called Jason Bell, Bell, Bellord, who I always want to call Belford, and I don't know why. Um, but yeah, Jason Bellord, he is on Instagram as Curan based. Um, he's uh, he is another live fire chef, um, but uh, he he did a couple of burgers recently um, in on his Instagram and a. Uh, a glorious looking bacon and egg bap um and uh, <laughs> and yeah he's just he's a really really nice guy i've i've spoken to him a few times um i don't think i've actually met him in person yet um but yeah super nice guy really nice food um and yeah just just a, a good guy so go check him out um cuz he's got good food and i like good food Mostly because I haven't had dinner yet and I'm hungry now. Um, oh, hang on one sec. I might be able to tell you the channel of the uh, lawnmower one. I'm just going to keep talking whilst I wait for it to, to load. That's fine. I'm, I'm still looking at sandwiches fine. while you're doing this. And I'm super <laughs> upset by this top 50 list that put a lobster roll as number four. No, That's number five. Ridiculous. You've got to be 50 best sandwiches in the world and you're telling me a lobster roll ranks as number five didn't you also say that in the chat didn't you say that they had uh avocado on toast yeah That's not so a i sandwich i don't believe this fucking yeah. website or this story whoever wrote this is i'm, I'm angry Dick. and they should be fired <laughs> uh yeah so the other reason that i didn't want to spiff this channel i've only just remembered is because it's you know the drink that's like whiskey but american begins bourbon. with a b bourbon. yeah like whiskey yeah i i can't say that word because every time i do i end up saying bourbon like the biscuit instead of bourbon like the drink uh and i knew that i'd fuck it up um but it is oh, bourbon moth woodworking uh and he made a tank out of a ride on lawnmower and it was very funny um mm -hmm. so both of those will be in the shows fantastic uh any other business uh, I do not believe I have any other business. Yeah. Al? I'm good. Cool. Uh, in which case, if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al's Hack Shack! <laughs> yeah. Uh, you want to find us as a group, uh, just search Fools with Tools. Uh, everywhere we are, everywhere we are, what, everywhere. Um, yes, uh, I think we've we, that's been a very long episode. I think this might actually be ridiculously long, but I hope you've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed having you here, we've enjoyed your questions. There are actually more, but we're not going to answer them next week, we're going to do something else instead. Um, but we might save them for another time when we can't think of a subject because we are rubbish like that. Um, but we love you. Bye. 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 Put them in your mouth and suck them. <laughs>